In other words, don't hack other people's computers. This episode is distributed under the Creative Commons license. Welcome to Unorthodox Hacking. I'm Joe Zlonsic, aka Bats. Unorthodox means breaking with tradition. I hope to guide you on traditional and not so traditional hacks, along with various ways to mitigate those hacks. All demonstrations are for research and educational purposes only. Unorthodox Hacking, Episode 1, Windows Shares. The first Windows command you should get familiar with is a net.exe command available in Windows. The net command is a very powerful view into the world of Windows networks and domains. You can enumerate shares, resources, users, groups, and domain information on a local and remote computers by passing various parameters to the command. In this segment, we will focus on only the parameters to view or mount Windows shares. First, let's take a look at the available shares on your local computer. Simply open a command prompt and type net space share and press enter. You will be presented with a list of the available shares your computer offers. In this listing, you see three available shares. Entry with the dollar sign suffix indicates this is a hidden share, one that others cannot easily browse for. The share you will use for most enumeration attempts is the IPC dollar share, or the inter-process communication share. When interrogated, this share will present various information about the system, including usernames, groups, active policies, and a wealth of other information useful in enumeration attempts. You can also get a graphical view of the shares your computer offers through the Computer Management Console. Simply navigate to the System Tools, Shared Folders, Shares left-hand iconic menus within the Computer Management Console. Here you will see listings similar to that from the net share output you ran previously. Now let's extend our reach to outside of our local computer. The net.exe command also permits you to query remote computers for the shares they offer. In this example, we will run the net space view command, followed by the IP address or hostname we wish to query. You need to prefix the IP address or hostname with backslashes. If you are successful, you may notice that there are some shares missing from this output. Doesn't this remote computer offer the IPC dollar sign, admin dollar sign, and C$ shares? More than likely, it does if it is an NT4 or greater system, unless the admin took the effort to remove them. If you recall what I said previously, any share ending with a dollar sign is hidden from most views. In this case, these shares are probably available, but only a shared printer is available for general browsing. Next, we will try to actually mount a remote share. In this exercise, you probably don't know the password for the remote system. That's okay. We'll explore how to get that later in this episode. So, once again, using the net.exe command, we will add the use parameter and give additional options as to tell it what we want to mount. After remote share is mounted, you can access the contents just like a locally connected drive to your system. The usage of the net use command is net space use space the drive letter you want to assign or an asterisk which indicates the next available drive letter on your system the IP address or host name you wish to contact, prefix with two backslashes, the share name, the password for the remote system, or an asterisk to prompt you for the password, and a, a slash u colon followed by the username on the remote system. 
If you entered the correct username and password for the remote system, you should have a drive letter assigned and available. When done abusing the remote share, simply run the command net space use space the drive letter that was assigned space slash D to delete it. If you enter an incorrect username or password when attempting to mount a share, you will receive an error. In addition, you may receive an error indicating you cannot access the resource for some reason. In this case, you entered a correct username-password combination, but other system policies are preventing your access. As I stated earlier, most of your enumeration attempts will be through the IPC share. This is a special share that does not have a directory listing or file system, but rather an interface into the various services running on the remote computer. Many of the tools you will use to find the remote system users and groups rely on the share being available. Mounting the share is similar to mounting remote file shares with a few exceptions. First, you do not specify a drive letter to use. Also, you do not specify a password or username, instructing the shared to be mounted as the anonymous user. Another handy utility is the nbt-stat command. This command gives you a view into some of the services offered by the remote computer. The common usage is to query for role of the remote computer. You simply run the nbt-stat command with either a lowercase a, if you know the NetBIOS name of the remote computer, or more commonly with a capital A parameter along with the IP address. Some of the more notable status codes are 00, which means there's a workstation service running, 20, which means there's a file server service running, which is a file and print sharing, 1B, which means the machine is a master browser, which is typically a NetBIOS name type server, 1C, which means the machine is a domain controller, which means a big score if you find one of those, 21, which is RAS, a remote access server, which allows people to dial in remotely, and 03, which means a messenger service is started, which means which is was used uh, by many people to produce pop-up window spam, such as the ever-popular university diploma spam messages that appeared outside of your web browser or email. The unique and group indicators mean that the resource can either have only a single IP address assigned to the resource, and Typically, the names look the same, but there may be one letter in the suffix which is different, or the resource can serve any IP address in the system. Another great utility is enum by Jordan Ritter of Bindview. Using the previously discussed IPC dollar share, it can enumerate various users, groups, password policy settings, and even perform dictionary attacks against the remote computer. In this example, we will use the minus U parameter to list the defined users on the remote computer. In this case, it returned four users that we can target a password attack against. Using the minus P parameter with enum, we can enumerate the password policy on the remote computer. This is very useful if you are attempting a brute force password crack since the password policy may lock you out after so many tries. In addition, there may be a minimum password length defined which can greatly help your password cracking attack since you know how many characters your crack needs to start with so you don't waste time trying four character passwords when a minimum of six is required. If you would rather use an all-in-one GUI tool, then DumpSec from Somarsoft is for you. DumpSec provides a point-and-click interface into everything we have done up to this point. Simply enter the computer you wish to enumerate and select what you want to dump. In this example, we will list the available users. You see all the users that were displayed with enum with some addi additional information from the user record. Next, we will list all the groups defined on the remote computer. 
This is particularly handy to identify defined administrators as so you don't waste time trying to crack a password on an account that has no useful access to the system. Another great use of DumpSec is to dump out the various policies active on the remote computer. This includes the password policies we talked about previously, auditing policies so you know what might be logged, and other services that are running. DumpSec can also dump the access rights granted to the users and groups. The SE debug privilege is an important right that is used in many local privilege escalation exploits. Lastly, we can dump out the actual Windows services and their status. As you can see, you should not be without DumpSec in the arsenal of enumeration tools. The first tool we will explore is Netbrute by Mongus. To prepare for the following dictionary attacks, you will need some dictionary files. Either create your own or search the net for some. Comprehensive dictionary files can be many hundreds of megs in size, but often yield the best results. First, launch Netbrute and select Word List. Enter the IP address of the remote system, the username you want to try to crack, and the file name of your dictionary. If the password for the account you're attempting to crack is found in your dictionary, you are one big step to totally owning the remote system. Next up is SMB Grind from the now defunct NAI CyberCop suite. If you look hard enough, you can still find a few copies of SMB Grind on the net. SMB Grind is purely a dictionary attack tool. Simply give SMB Grind the IP address of the remote system, a file of the usernames you wish to crack, and your dictionary file. In this example, SMB Grind quickly guessed the administrator password since it was defined in the provided dictionary file. So hopefully you can now mount remote window shares, but you may ask, what can I really do with them? The first thing to do is to pilfer whatever you can. Popular choices is the entire document and settings folder, since this often contains email stores, personal documents, maybe some password files, and more importantly, the ntuser.dat file, which is the registry settings for that particular user. We will abuse the registry in a future episode. In addition, grab whatever you can from the Windows, uh, from the Windows System32 config directory. This directory contains backups of the SAM database and event logs. The SAM database contains all the usernames and passwords of the system, which will be explored in, in a future podcast as well. The event logs uh, often contain information that can give you an insight as to who's ac- accessing the system, uh, what type of, of events are occurring, what, type, what level of auditing is enabled, and sometimes a password or two sneaks in there if there is a dump from a service. Finally, we will talk about some various mitigations you can implement to stop these types of attacks. Besides using a good password, there are other technical controls you can implement which are built into Windows. Be advised that these techniques may result in no shares being offered by your computer, which is what you may desire. First, open your network control panel and select the properties for your network connection. Uncheck the file and print sharing box. This will prevent you from creating user shares. Next, install a personal firewall. There are many good free and commercial based personal firewall products available for Windows. Windows XP and Grader also offers a decent personal firewall. Make sure it's enabled. Also, ensure your personal firewall does not inadvertently open up the services you are trying to protect. You can also get rid of the shares being offered by stopping and disabling the server service in your services control panel. This will not prevent you from mounting remote shares, but rather disables your local C$ sign and admin shares and any other user-defined shares you may have created. You should also take advantage of the local and group policies. 
In particular, the access of this computer from the network policy located in the user rights assignments grouping enforces who's authorized to connect to your computer from remotely. Even if an outsider guesses the correct password, this policy will prohibit them from actually connecting to your system. Be sure to remove the default entries and substitute them with your own, or better yet, remove everything from this policy. There are other local and group policies that can mitigate some of the enumeration attempts. Most of these settings can limit the data exposed through the anonymous or null sessions via the IPC dollar share. The key ones are highlighted. Lastly, you can get rid of the default administrative hidden shares for good, or almost for good. Simply navigate to the displayed registry key and create a new DWORD entry named AutoShareWKS and set the value to zero. After you reboot, you should no longer have the C$ dollar sign or admin dollar sign shares available. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can see more episodes at www.unorthodoxhacking.com. You can also email me at faz at unorthodoxhacking.com with any questions, comments, or any hacks you want to see in the future. Until next time, safe hacking.